this is Joy. And this is Claire. And this is Joy and Claire. A weekly podcast talk show about the things that bring us together. Make us happy. Make us whole. Make us human. Hey guys, this is Joy. And this is Claire. And this is Joy and Claire. Hello. Welcome. This is the new intro song. (laughs) It's Joy and Claire. (laughs) Jazz hands. Jazz hands. So many jazz hands. Oh my gosh. Um, Feeling a little loopy. So we are feeling very loopy, like right out of the gate. I just threw in a little like we shall record. And then we started having British accents and... I started laughing and saying how much I missed seeing people. So that's where I am today. How about you? You're sunburned. <laughs> uh, yeah, Joy was like, you look tan. No, I am not tan. I am sunburned. This happens to me every year mm-hmm. at around this time when we have fool's spring, which I don't know if you live in a state that has fool's spring, then you fool's know what I'm spring. talking about, yeah, where you get full. like fool, fools, like April fool's Like April day. fool's, fool's, like fool's gold, yes. fool's spring. Uh, do you, does everyone know the phrase fool's gold, right? That that's what I, you call? I hope I hope so. I mean, growing up in Arizona, we loved to pan for fool's gold. Yes. Colorado, same. If you live in a gold rush state, oh. chances are you know what fool's gold is. But And then when you're a kid panning for gold, you're like, oh my gosh, I got gold. And then you're like, eh, it's Formica. <laughs> uh, not even Formica. Formica is the countertop. It's just Mica. We ha- we're in f- the middle of fool's spring right now where it's like, high 50s to mid to high 60s but then it's supposed to have we're supposed to have like a significant snowstorm this weekend so this is what march is like this is march in colorado where last weekend was so nice so nice and like the high today is 68 high tomorrow is 66 thursday friday saturday sunday monday tuesday snow this is your weather report So excited. I mean, as we get older, though, have you always, I talk about the weather with my friends all the time. Like, that's just like, it's a unifier. Everyone loves to talk about the weather. What else do we have to talk about Nothing. Nothing at all. Did I already tell this story about how one of the people I Tell it again because I need to hear someone talking. (laughs) I need connection. (laughs) Tell me another story again. When somebody I work with, um, they like got new curtains and I made a comment about it in a meeting and he sent me an IM and he was like, are they too much? People keep asking about them. And I was like, no, Eric, it's just that no one literally has anything else to talk about besides your new curtains. Yeah, it's very true. It's very true. Like anything is like weather. I don't know what else we talk about, really. I got this new background in my office. People commented on it for weeks. Oh, wow. Like, oh, my gosh. Are you at home? That's amazing. <laughs> I was like, hmm, yes. <laughs> I'm a WFH influencer now. Oh, my God. WFH. Hashtag WFH. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So speaking of British accents, I watched half of the Oprah interview with Megan. Oh, I was like, where is she where is she going with this? Yeah. So many ways. They're like, (laughs) finally read Harry Potter. What's going on? Are we talking about British baking show? No. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Meghan Markle, Oprah, bombshell interview. Go. Yes. As you guys probably know, I have I have only interacted on this with this through other people's Instagram posts. Other people's Instagram posts. And so I was very, you know, being my celebrity obsession, I was very excited about this interview. I knew that the slam dunk contest was on the same night, the all-star game that Scott watches every year. Like ever since I've known him, this is a tradition for us. And so I'm just watching because he loves it so much and I love it because he loves it. And it is really fun to watch. And so we DVR'd it and I, he's like, out of the gate, Scott's like, really? 
he's very skeptical about this interview. Scott doesn't get skeptical about many right. things. He's so not when, a like, no, he doesn't have strong opinions about guy, no. celebrities. So he's like, he kind of starts rolling his eyes. And I always call it hot breath. I'm like, don't give me hot breath. Because whenever he's like, watching something, and I can hear him in the background, like, either making fun of it or being like, Ugh. I'm like, he hot like, breath. He like starts panting. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so it's weird, but okay, so go on. Weird. Yeah. And so he starts giving this attitude. And I'm like, what's wrong? He's like, the, the Royals, like, what do you have to complain about? And I was like, excuse me. And so I start like listing all the things that Meg has been through. And obviously, he like doesn't follow celebrity culture. And so he's like, you know, kind of giving me crap about it. So I watched like the first half because I mean, first of all, it was two hours long. And yeah, I'm not kidding. And there were so many darn commercials because CBS had like the capital on this whole thing. Like there are many, many commercials. I'm sure they made a ton of money because of it. But I made it through the first half because it was like late and I want to go to bed. Fast forward, I swear, I watched on my like watch watch <laughs> how long the interview actually was. And for an hour, your watch watch, my watch watch, my, my um, wrist watch, you're like my actual okay, watch, got it. Got not, it. The, not the DVR watch, not the DVR clock, watch watch. Yeah, no, so it was an hour of DVR was like 25 minutes of an interview. <laughs> So, got it. You know, and so I was like, okay, so I got to go to bed. But for the first hour, so I haven't watched the second half as of this recording. I am only first, the first half in. This is Monday that we're recording this. And the first half of it really, I mean, everyone needs to watch it. And I'm guessing Oprah might. I don't know because it was on CBS, but I'm wondering if Oprah will release it like on her podcast channel, like as an audio version. Because I'm like, oh my gosh, sitting through so many commercials. But it was really, it's it's like it didn't surprise me because I think we all knew just through tabloids or, you know, in the news that things were not going well for Megan. I didn't follow the story very closely. I'm not super into the royals. I wonder people in the UK if they're like, if they have more of a view about it. Scandalized. Yeah. And I think, you know, someone did, a, there's been a lot of social media posts recently after that interview about like comparing kind of side by side the media posts after Kate had a baby or after Kate got married to William and the posts, you know, comparing it with Meghan getting married to Harry and so on and like how horribly she's been treated. And you could tell, I mean, there's just no, there's no arguing that she was treated very poorly based on what she's saying. And, you know, why would she lie to Oprah? Like, who's going to lie to Oprah? (laughs) Who's going to lie to Oprah? You don't lie to Oprah. Everybody knows what happened to James Frey. You do not lie to Oprah. Oh my gosh, I forgot about that. Remember that? See, that's what happens. You forget about those guys. You forget about those guys. You lie to Oprah. It's kind of like a confessional. You go to hell if you lie to Oprah and you were banished from the earth. to hell. Banished, banished, banished. And so. Nothing left. Nothing left. You're actually. Ashes in the, in the earth. I have to take a really quick sidebar right right now. I want to know if anyone out there has watched The Great Race. If you ever ever watched The Great Race, it's like I don't know. I want to say 1960s, maybe early 70s, probably 1960s. I grew up watching it. My brother and I love it. And if anyone out there knows that movie, when I just said banish, banish, banish. I will be so excited. I just need a friend who's seen that movie. Okay. So I feel like everything that she said is the truth, but I also feel like she's so guarded. Everything that she was saying, you could tell she was saying very thoughtfully. She was trying not to speak ill of anybody, but she was just speaking about her experience, like the the facts about her experience. It's loaded with racism. She talks about how, and if anyone doesn't want to like skip ahead 30 seconds or an, a minute, if you don't want, I'm about to give a, like a minor spoiler. It's not really a spoiler, but that when she had was about to have their first baby, Archie, they were talking about not giving him security. They were like, we're not going to give you security. And she was like, well, why? Because they were not going to be doing uh, whatever. They like didn't want to give 
Archie their security. Like everyone gets security because right. they were they weren't going to give him a title. So all that kind of like started a slew of things. But then she said something along the lines of, and I'm paraphrasing, is they made a comment. One or two people, maybe a few people, said to Harry, made a comment about the color of their baby's skin and that he may right, come out too worried. dark. And you should have seen Oprah's face when she said that. She was like, "What?" So just if that in an interview, like even the first hour, and again, I've only watched the first half, so that's what I'm speaking about, is like just that glimpse of what she's dealing with in her life. I just, man, like my heart goes out to that, to her and to her mom and to her side of the family for everything that they've dealt with. We will never know, like it's not ours to know. That's like their own personal life. And even the fact that she has to do this interview and like tell people her personal business, you know, it's kind of like, again, you know, she's in the spotlight because she married a royal, but I just like... Oh, just that just I think everyone walked away feeling like, yeah, this is what happens. This is what happens to black women. I mean, I someone put a post up about how I remember saying this too back when she got married, when they got married. I remember saying like, it was such a beautiful event. I felt like this unity. It was so cool to see a black priest. It was so cool to see a black choir. Like it just all of this felt like, oh, there's unity or there's like a changing of the tides to bring more color into the royals. And and I'm like, that's very white of me to think that. Like that was a white thing to think. And so someone posted about that too, of like how we all kind of thought the fairy tale wedding was very much like, oh, look at this, like bringing color into the royals. And I just, I thought a lot about that too. I was like, yeah, I totally thought that too. And then all the crap that she's been dealing with. So I'm going to watch the second half tonight and I will report back. Please do. Go, Meghan Markle. It always just comes back to Oprah. It does. It really does. Is there is there a greater human? I mean, I'm so glad that we haven't had to endure like an Oprah scandal. Can you imagine? I don't even, what would be, I hear, I'm curious. What, if we were to be scandalized for something, what would it be? Like how everybody came to find that like Ellen DeGeneres was like oh, terrible to all her employees. I wonder, so is that true? <laughs> right? I don't know. But like that type of a scandal. Yeah. Like what if we came to find that like yeah. Oprah hated every all of her staff and everybody on her staff like felt super toxic. Oh my gosh, like, yeah. That she didn't smell great. Yeah, that's actually a good point. What if we found out that she point. smelled like patchouli? Like what? <laughs> you wear patchouli. I actually love the smell of patchouli. Um, which is, <laughs> I do too, actually. Yeah. Oh, it's, I love it. I really do. Yeah, that, that would be, that would kind of like flip my world upside down where all of a sudden if Oprah had a scandal, I would probably start to think the world is flat. Like, that's how much of an upside right? down. Right? Oh, my goodness. I'd be like, it's, okay, fine. QAnon exists. And okay, fine. Trump is Thank great. You. <laughs> oh, no. Please do not take that sound as a bite, sound bite. <laughs> We're just going to, we're not going to put that in the transcript of never this episode. Never again. Never again. Yeah, please. Our transcript, I'm a transcriber. Please take that out. <laughs> please take that out. You're hearing this in real time. Edit, oh. edit, edit. Delete, delete, delete. Oh, my gosh. Um, can I say one quick thing, too? I've been really, really thinking more. Okay. Because I listened to Amy Poehler on... Okay. And we have to talk about Moxie. But I listened to Amy Poehler's interview on Billy Geist. He does this, like... It's called The Sunday Sit-Down with Billy Geist. He's... I think he's, like, NBC, ABC. Anyway, he's a news reporter on one of, like, major national networks. And he does a weekly podcast with a celebrity. And it has to be NBC because it's he's in the same building as, like, SNL. So he did this interview with Amy. She talked about Moxie. She talked about how she's not on social media. And she just made this post like of never being on social media, never signing up for Facebook, never being on Instagram. And I was like, that sounds so nice. That just sounds so nice to just be gone from the existence of social media. In the same breath, I'm like, oh, I don't know if I could do it. 
And that also made me very sad about myself. But there's something to that where she's like, I've never once felt like I was missing out. I never feel like I'm getting one good thing from it. I, I don't know. know. It, it's I'm we tossing it, it around. Time. I know we talk about it all the time, but maybe we all just need to peace out. Peace Instagram. out. Instagram. Peace out. Facebook. Definitely peace out. Facebook. I mean, we haven't yeah. posted on Facebook as a podcast no. in months. Yeah. And I don't use my time. personal Facebook for anything. Like, I can't think of a single thing that I do on Facebook. I, I really like Instagram. but I like Instagram. The only way, reason I I use Facebook is like seeing what my family members are up to. That's it. I don't even, none of my family is on Facebook. Like my either, cousin so. and their kids. I like to see, sometimes my sister-in-law posts pictures of my nieces and nephew, like those types of things. But I'm like, I can text them. They can send me pictures. Totally. <laughs> and then we got a DM the other day that was like, hey, do you guys have any more invites to Clubhouse? And like, just oh. FYI guys, Clubhouse never went anywhere. It is, it is a bust. Us. Don't do it. It's like, it's, I've. I was on it for a week. It was kind of cool, like, to just learn what the new app was. But then I was like, this is not worth my time. Just like, I don't have time to no. consume real-time stuff like that. I can't. And if anything that's really worth having a conversation, I'm like, put it on a podcast so I can listen to it. There's like, that's, I get that's the, the whole thing. thing. The whole I get the thing of, like, live conversations is kind of cool in an audio version. I don't have time but, for that. Yeah, I just don't have time for it. I just don't. So if you're on Clubhouse and you're enjoying it and loving it, let us know. Let us know what you're listening to. What you're like doing. Which, which Clubhouse you're in. That's making it feel worthwhile because yeah. I, yeah, every time I got on there, I was like, I don't have time for this. Yeah. You're not missing out. No. For at least from us. I feel like at this point, there's not many apps that I feel like I'm going to be missing out on. And like, there's not going to be one great new one. I know. I mean, I don't know. I felt that way about TikTok though. And it came out, I was like, what the hell is TikTok? And now oh, it's like that's a huge true. thing. Uh, whatever. I'm so old. And, Okay. I know. I never even. I don't. I don't even have a Twitter. I mean, I have one. Yeah. But I haven't tweeted in years. Yeah. I'm. I'm debating on shutting down our podcast one just because I. I always do that, but I'm like, but what if? <laughs> so I get like. I know, but it's like, uh, but what if what? Like, what if what? We open a yeah. new account. And we just make a new handle. I'm pretty know. sure that at any given time you can like revive your accounts that you've. Oh, so, you know, just sign out of point. it. That's a good point. And uh, I'm still salty about the person who owns Joy and Claire at Joy and Claire. Yes. Like, please, whoever you are, give us that account. Give us that account. I'm going to check it right now. Maybe please they've given it up. Joy and Claire. It's at Joy and Claire on Instagram. That's the reason why, why, why yeah, we have, they ha- Joy they have and Claire. They have no just, followers yeah. and are not following anyone. And they only have one post. And we've so many times have been like. We've messaged them and no one this, responds. Please. So someone just, is sitting on it and they're not responding. Can forced. you tell if they've read the message? No, you can't even tell because it's been like two years. Who are you? Show yourself. Send message. Nope. All right. So we wanted to answer a few of the questions that we didn't get to last week and then also answer some more questions. Um, This past week I went to Durango, as you guys know, because our our episode was uh, from last week. We recorded while I was in Durango. And on my drive home, I did like a little Instagram Q&A and I got some good questions that I wanted to talk about. I need to do that sometime. I always love when you do that. And then I'm like, I always th- like worry. This is my forever fear that no one is going to show, show up to the party. I always worry if I do that, that no one's going to ask me questions. All right, guys, you're hearing it here first. <laughs> Joy is going to put a, out a call for questions and you guys have to ask questions. They care. always do. I know, even but if they're it, like I the always, same question. I always feel like I'm going to be that girl at the party that's like, is anybody home? <laughs> I'll ask you questions, Joy. Okay, great. I'll text your mom and make oh, sure she asks. Before I forget, too. did you like Moxie? I haven't seen it yet. Oh, oh, you haven't seen it? Okay, everybody no. watch Moxie on Netflix. It's great. We'll talk about it next week. Okay, I, I wanted to watch it. So it took us two and a half weeks just to watch The Dig. Oh, like, wow. That's my life. 
Uh-huh. We watched it. We got like halfway into it or we started watching it. And that was the night that like Miles came downstairs with like a like a mystery rash on his face. Oh. And was, like, of course, like the one night that we like decide on a movie and actually turn it on. Our kid oh. walks downstairs with a rash on his face. Yeah. So then we tried to watch it again the next night and still only got like another third of the way through. So it yeah, it took forever. I liked it though. Yeah. Did you watch the, the dig? I haven't watched the dig. I liked it. I is it feel slow? Like, I feel like that's okay. It's gonna be a here's slow the movie. Thing. It's not slow, but it's the timing, the pacing of it is weird. It's based on a book, <laughs> but let me tell you what I mean by okay, that. Is okay. that it feels like it was originally written to be sort of like a Queen's Gambit-esque series, like okay. that size of a series. And then for whatever reason, halfway through, they were like, never mind, you know, we got we finally got Ralph Fine to sign on. Like we has it has to just be a movie. Because there are all of these little tiny subplots that are just like mentioned and then gone. And you're like, why even bring that up? Oh yeah. And like there are some parts where like there's one part where all there's like some voiceover, and you're like, why is there a voiceover here? Like, there's no voiceovers in any other part of the movie. So just parts like that where you're like, this feels like it was part of a different project and then was like consolidated all into a movie. Yeah. Like weirdly. So and they were like, oh, let's change the plan mid. Yeah, actually, instead of like a four part series with hour long episodes, it's just going to be an, you know, a two hour long movie. Hmm. So in that sense, the pacing is weird, but the story is nice. It's like, I mean, obviously it didn't grab me so much that I couldn't watch it in three sittings. Mm-hmm. But I really love Ralph Fine like so much. I do too. And I'm I'm really coming around to Lily James. Do you know who I'm talking about? Yes, I do. At first, I didn't like her that much in Downton Abbey because I was like, why are you even here? Yeah, like, I you're really so like frantic. Her. Mm-hmm. But I like her. I'm getting to like her more. And she's in so many things right now. She's in so many things. Like I feel like she, her, like whoever her agent is, is like BFFs with the Netflix guys. And then I started. I like I watched the trailer with Brandon for Moxie to like get. You know, fill it to get out. hyped up, yeah. And he kind of like looked at me like, "You don't really want to watch that, do you?" And I was like, "Okay, fine, I will watch it with you." <laughs> he actually, so yeah, no, we didn't watch it. Yeah, so if any, if people don't know, it's on Netflix. It is Amy a, Poehler's new movie. Yeah, it's Amy Poehler, director directed by Amy Poehler. Um, it seems it's based like on it's a book. Gonna be, yeah, it seems like it's kind of like the Mean Girls for like Gen Z. It is. Yeah, it's very much that. And it's just it's just really well done. And the cast is kind of like new actors and actresses. So I feel like they're, I don't know, I just feel like they're fun. I love seeing new people on the screen. Good, feel good. I'm really needing a new show. I've I've watched one episode of like five shows and I can't get into any of them. So I'm starting to kind of rewatch things. So I'm like, oh, the new shrill season is coming up in April. I'm going to rewatch the last season so I know what's going on. Because you know, sometimes you like just forget what this the last season was about. And then like Handmaid's Tale, I think is coming out soon again. And I'm like, I don't know if I can handle watching the last season of that. Last season was rough. They just need that to end it. That sounds intense. They need to end it. Yeah. Just um, pull the plug. Just just pull a plug. Just end it all. Okay. <laughs> so, sorry. Next question that you had from your poll. Okay. So, one thing that I want... I wanted to just pivot for a minute and talk about parenting for a few minutes because I get a lot of questions about, you know, obviously I'm a mom. I have two kids. I get a lot of questions about a lot of things around parenting and around pregnancy and postpartum because I went through three miscarriages between having Miles and having Evie. And then also after having Miles, I had severe postpartum depression, which most of you guys know that, but I'm saying that in case, you know, you weren't a Girls Gone Wild listener. If you want to go back and listen to, if you, you know, this is something you're going through and want dedicated episodes for those things. First of all, I recorded an episode with Noelle Tarr at this point, probably about two years ago, where she had really bad postpartum anxiety. And so the two of us recorded an episode together 
um, that you can literally just Google like Claire Cook, Noel Tarr postpartum, and it will come up. And where we really go into a lot of detail about our experiences with those different issues and what we did to get out of that hole and just, you know, resources and, but really more than anything, just our personal experiences, because both of us found that hearing other people talk about it made it easier for us to recognize what we were going through. So definitely recommend going back and listening to that episode. We'll link to it in the show notes as well. And then we had an episode that came out in like August or September of 2018. And it's called like Pearl Jam and Miscarriages, yep. I want to say. Yep. Because that was, the, on- yeah, that was like the week I went to see Pearl Jam in concert. Yeah. And then you right. talked about it. Yeah. And it, so that's on our Girls Gone Wad feed, and mm-hmm. we'll link to that in the episode in the show notes as well. And that's where I go into a lot of detail about like the detailed, spe- not the detailed specifics, not like the details of having miscarriages, but really like kind of what I went through and more specifically the actions that I took coming out of it just to like help me feel like I had some control. Not to say that by any means that like they, you know, solved the problem that was causing the miscarriages because we never figured out what was going on. But for me to like mentally and emotionally, feel like I had some control over it. There were a lot of things that I did. And so I talk a lot about that. All that to say that I get a lot of questions and I don't always want to be just talking about it over and over, but I do think that it's helpful for people to hear. So I got a couple questions last week. Um, and then we also got a question that I wanted to go back to in our Q&A that was, when you become a parent, does your identity just completely change? And I'm paraphrasing the question, but I wanted to start there. So I think that honestly, the biggest thing for me with becoming a mom, the very... The first time, you know, having Miles was that it came with an identity crisis that I really wasn't ready for. That being said, that I say identity crisis because it really rocks your priorities and like you really can't know what it's going to feel like to truly no longer be the most important person in your life. That sounds kind of dramatic, but like unless you have kids or have you know are a caretaker for dependents like you can't really know what it's like to to wake to literally overnight go from you being the main character in your life to someone else being the main character in your life right, and that's right. really jarring and so that process felt to me like an identity crisis like what have I done it can feel very suffocating at least for me it did and but once I was able to process through it and that took therapy for me you know it doesn't for everybody but it took a lot of therapy for me to get to process through that it didn't it doesn't feel permanent so like yes it was a moment in time where I really felt like what what the heck just happened and what the heck have I done Mm -hmm. but now that I have two kids first of all if you're thinking about having a second kid and you're in that process the first time scared the crap out of you in my experience you only have to go through that once you don't go through it again with the second kid because you've already you know like that shift only happens once yeah and you're like we're in this so bring them all on yeah like you only become a mom for the first time once once yeah thank god you know just so you know you don't have to go through diets but the other thing is that it definitely becomes less intense pretty quickly I think that I was talking to one of my good friends who's about to have their second kid and I was trying to say like both times that I had kids the the curve the like oh shit curve was steep but resolved pretty quickly so I would say that if that's something that you're freaked out about know that that's a very valid thing to be freaked out about but also know that it's not something 
you don't walk around for the rest of your life, you're not walking around for the rest of your life feeling uncomfortable in your skin. And I think when we hear the phrase identity crisis or we think about, you know, like a huge shift in your identity, you really dwell on like the, the discomfort of that first moment. But like eventually you really do get used to it and you really like, yeah, of course, every major experience in your life is going to change you in ways that right. you can't undo. Parenting is a really unique one of those, but it's, I think about this and I don't want to compare like getting tattoos with having kids, but people all the time are like, you know, tattoos are permanent. I'm like pretty much anything you do to your body, you know, like, you make decisions every day yeah. that are permanent. Why like why dwell on these like certain ones? So I think just putting that into perspective. But then to go from that question into another question that I got about like where I feel like I kind of give the opposite advice, which somebody asked me, what advice did you give to somebody in their 20s? And what I said was anybody like go, your 20s is just such a time of transitions and anybody going through a transition, the advice I always give is to just remember that there are very, very few decisions in your life that are truly permanent. Having kids is really the only one I can think of that like literally can't be undone. You know, you can get divorced, you can change cities, you can cut your hair, you can change your body, you can change your name, you can, you know, do like, there are so few things that you can't undo. And I think that when you are faced with a lot of seemingly very formative decisions all in a row, you can lose track of the fact that like at any time in your life, you can start over. Mm -hmm. That's yeah, that is not always easy. It's not always like financially, whatever, like there, it's not like you can just flip the switch and start over with no consequences. But that doesn't mean to say that like that option is in fact always available to you. And I think we really forget that, especially in our 20s and our, you know, kind of like the first phases of any new transition is we feel like the decisions that we're about to make are so permanent and so intense and so like you have to get it right the first time. And that's really just not the case. And so it's very much like what we've been fed to believe, like this the narrative of you go to college, you graduate, you get married, you have kids, you get a job, maybe you don't get a job. I mean, all of those things are kind of the narrative you've been fed about what success looks like. And I think that's really, that's just, how can that not be anxiety provoking for someone in their 20s? I mean, that was anxiety provoking for me, having a hard time not comparing where someone else was in their career journey or some of my peers going on to get their PhD and I didn't go on to get my PhD. You know, all of those things, I think you kind of start to think this is going to just mess up the trajectory of the rest of my life. And that's just simply not true. It's just simply not true. Right. And so I think, I mean, to completely, like I was saying, diverge from the advice I give to new moms, because that is like, or if you're thinking about having kids and around that transition, I think the thing to say to people in a transitional period is like that kind of yellow brick road that you think you're supposed to follow, no one follows it. And you, like the most of us don't realize that until well into our 30s or 40s. And all of a sudden it's like, oh my gosh, wait a minute. I didn't have to like make all these permanent decisions in my 20s. Like I can reinvent myself as many times as I want and I can, you know, try things out without being, without them being my passion. Like I can dabble. I can like try things and decide I don't like them I don't you know and like what's that concept what's it called where like sunk costs right that like I mean I feel like there's another way to say that where it's like well I've already invested so much time and money into this like I can't give up now it's like well if you hate it then give up not give up but if you hate it you're not giving up you can try it yeah you hated it don't keep going just because you've already spent time on it like I get it because I've been there but I I mean I mean that's kind of like cults again (laughs) going circling back to cults when you've been in it for so long you're like well surely I've put so much time into this yeah and I I mean like not even to go as dramatic as that I I know but like so common like I can't change my mind yeah so I mean, much time into this. 
even when it comes to, like, college majors and stuff, like, how many people, you, like, brand it? You know, so many people I know. Yes. Or, like, even relationships where yes, you're just, like, I have, like, I've been with this person for 20 years. I, like, there's so much history there. I just can't imagine starting over. It's, like, no, you're just, you're just changing your mind. You're just, maybe it's a new beginning. Like, life is not this linear trajectory. It's just not. It's not this, like, you do things and then you just keep going until you die. It's, like, you can change your mind and do whatever the heck you want. Right. And I think that it's just, like, it's so, in the moment, it's so hard to to see that it's very hard to see that because it does feel and i think like we also maybe it's easy to tell yourself that but it's not going to be easy to tell your mom that or your boss that or your you know mentor or your phd mentor or whatever yeah. that like so if you need to hear right now that it's okay to make a different Change decision or mind and pivot and or if you are facing a decision to be made and are feeling like, well, I have to get this right because I'm not going to get another chance, like that's just not true. It's not true. You can change your life. You can change careers. You can break up with that person. You can do whatever you want. You can change your name and move to France. Yep. We will. Maybe not right now. Okay. And then the one other question that I wanted to talk about was uh, back to pregnancy was about dealing with pregnancy anxiety after you've had a pregnancy loss. So I, like I was saying, as you guys know, I had three miscarriages between Miles and Evie. And after the, after all of them, I had this thought that like, all I needed to do was have like a quote unquote successful pregnancy. And that would just like erase the miscarriages were failures and I just needed to succeed. And that would erase the failures. That was how I viewed it. And I, you know, don't obviously see miscarriage as a failure anymore. I think that is like a horrible way to view it. But that was how I viewed it. Then when I was pregnant with Evie and I got through the first trimester, I kind of like I expected to have a ton of anxiety in the first trimester. And so I kind of just like wrote it out. And then I got through the first trimester and I was still having horrible like flashbacks, like true PTSD, like waking up in the middle of the night. I remember horrible. That. Yeah. And so I had been seeing a therapist and the reason I had been seeing this therapist was because I was like, I don't want to go through postpartum depression again or, you know, like. I don't believe that there's anything, a lack of something or, you know, like no lack of preparation or taking the wrong vitamins or not having the right support. Like mm -hmm. nothing causes postpartum depression, but I wanted to be more prepared for it in the event I were I was going to have to go through it again. Sure. So I was seeing a therapist. And so during that time, I finally was like, listen, this is what's going on. And she was like, okay, the, you're describing PTSD. She happened to be trained in EMDR. And so I ended up doing quite a few EMDR sessions with her and that really, really helped. But I just wanted to put out there that like, if you're going through a pregnancy following a pregnancy loss, for many, many people going through a pregnancy loss is literal trauma. Not everyone experiences it that way. Of course, like everybody experiences different things differently in their own bodies. But for so many people, it is a truly traumatic experience. And you are going to have that with you until you process it in some way. And if it doesn't come up now, it's going to come up eventually. It is something that you might benefit from professional help with dealing with. So for me, I did EMDR. When I heard about, like when she, my therapist first was like, you should try EMDR. Like, I, you know, I'm trained in EMDR if you want to um, give it a shot. It sounded so dramatic to me. Yeah, it's really, it's whenever I ex explain it to patients, I always feel like I'm telling them about witchcraft. I'm it sounds like, so intense. <laughs> I'm always like, okay, this is going to sound crazy, but just hear me out. <laughs> But and, and like, guys, I'm not I don't love therapy. I don't love talking about my feelings. Mm -hmm. Like as far as I'm concerned, if there's stuff buried in my subconscious, then it needs to be there. Just stay there. Let it let it just sit. Just let it just remain undisturbed at the bottom of the pond. 
So I was like kind of skeptical, but my therapist was great and she started it so incrementally that Mm. by the time we actually did it, it felt very anticlimactic. Like we literally would start with like five minutes at a time. It was like, hey, I'm, you know, we're just going to talk about this like one sort of inconsequential topic while doing these EMDR techniques. And then we're just going to go back to like regular talk therapy for the rest of the session. Mm. And for me, that's what I really, that's the way I really needed to do it. She knew that like, how do we just dive, dove, dive in straight in? It would have completely overwhelmed me because I am not, I can't, I like, I'm not like, I get emotionally overwhelmed very easily and I would have yeah, just shut down. For sure. Yeah. EMDR is really into I can explain that what what type of therapy it is for in a second because people probably are like, what is that? Yeah, go ahead. In in very short, it's a therapy intervention that is was originally used for PTSD and veterans, but now you can use it for any type of trauma. Um, it stands for eye movement, desensitization, and reprocessing. It uses like a bilateral stimulation of your brain using right left brain to process trauma. Um, there's kind of a there's a very strict protocol that you use, so you're not doing talk therapy. The therapist is walking you through the protocol, and it works very very well for trauma. It's not appropriate for everybody, so I always say if you're interested in that type of therapy, please talk to your therapist or professional to discuss whether or not you are appropriate. Someone who's trained in EMDR can discuss whether or not you're appropriate. So your you know, like regular therapist, if they don't know about EMDR, they're not going to know whether or not you're a good candidate. But that's just something to know that it isn't something for everyone, but it is a very effective for candidates for processing And I guess trauma. I should also clarify that it wasn't like we weren't just like okay you want to try emdr now oh okay you're done like like we did it was very much like a specific portion of the therapy session Mm -hmm. but it wasn't like i just walked in one day and did an hour of emdr like cold like that would have probably made things worse for me so i was grateful to have a therapist who knew that about me and yeah which is great which is great and it's really good to have a therapist who's also trained in emdr because then they can do sessions that are kind of mixed that way and there's a lot of sessions we call it resource development there's a lot of sessions before you even start to do what we call the bilateral stimulation. And that just means you are stimulating the brain by holding on to these like little buzzers, or you can do eye movements. Um, You can tap your legs by yourself if you want to. It all has to do with like the right left movement of the brain. Really fascinating. If you're interested, just Google it. The creator is pretty amazing of what she did to actually develop this type of therapy. Yeah, I use like the little kind of like the buzzers. The bill buzzers and they they look like yeah they almost they look, look like, like little like, computer mice kind of yes they're teeny tiny and they fit in the palm of your hand I, we call them buzzers in the therapy world but they don't buzz you they we always describe it like they feel like, like little kittens purring in your hands yeah they're like little gently vibrating very and they, gentle and they hand them to you and you're like this is it I just hold yeah. these things <laughs> yeah. You're like, I thought there was going to be like electrodes on my brain. Right, right. It's not, it's not that complicated. <laughs> There's no yet. like, it's not, right. yeah. Yeah, and you can put headphones on. Some people can do both. You can put on headphones and the the beeping will go uh, in tandem with your buzzers in your hands. You can turn up the frequency. You can make the buzzers buzz like like heavier, I guess, or more intense. But they never like shock you when we say buzzers. It's just no, like they're little it's not, kittens purring in your hands. It's a little just vibrate. It's like yeah. a little massage dot. Exactly. Anyway. Okay. So that kind of covers like the, you know, quick few mm-hmm. things that I had, th- had thought of from our last Instagram Q&A that I wanted to share on the podcast. That brings us to a couple questions from last week that we didn't get to. And the one I'm sure you guys have all been waiting for is to know what type of cult would Joy join? Oh my gosh. You know what? I would probably join, this is not a cult really. (laughs) Remember when we went to, where did we go when we saw the Burning Man 
uh, poster. Where were we when we saw Burning Man poster? Remember? Was that with you? I swear that was with you. It was it was Sandy's. It was the airport we flew into Sandy's and there was like some big poster oh, Burning yes. Man. No, 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 no. It wasn't. It was when we went to Tahoe. Oh, that's right. Because right. Reno is that's where you fly in to go to Burning yeah. Man a lot of times. So yeah, I feel yeah. like I would join some like hippy dippy cult. Not to say Burning Man's a cult. become like a Burning Man. I would totally some be. people. Okay, that's true. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> it, it has. Some people take it to the degree that it has some like cult yeah. characteristics yeah, for sure. For sure. So I would dip my toe in the Burning Man world for sure. Wow. Yeah. I think I would. Because okay. you get to wear like really cool outfits and like. I know. There's a lot of glitter smear involved. Smear glitter on your face and just, you know, anything goes. Anything goes. Just fur bikinis and glitter eyeliner yes, for days. Totally. I would like to join a baking cult of some kind. <laughs> I don't know what that means. I'm open to ideas. If anyone out there oh my gosh. would like to set some ground rules and join a commune with me where we bake, ideally somewhere that is somehow both warm but also like, mossy. Like not the baker's tent because no. that's way too hot. Like I, I rem- – like I – romanticize the idea of living in like Scotland or Ireland where it's mm-hmm. like very but then I am like but it's so cold and rainy and windy and windy I don't like wind no wind is the worst yeah wind is the worst it's the worst so Nadia Bakes is a new Netflix show have you watched it yet yes okay here's Scott Parrish's take <laughs> because Scott watched it with me he gets very stressed out that she does three bakes in one episode or three recipes in one episode. He's like, this is way too fast. How is she moving on to these cupcakes already? What happened to the cake and the pie? He gets very ha- nervous. Has about- Scott ever had to like cook a meal for a family? <laughs> no, but he gets very nervous about how like he wants more. He wants he wants more information. He wants about her to the- like linger. He wants to linger on the recipe. He wants to see more details. It goes very, very fast. I think it's great because I think she's the cutest. So that's well, and like Netflix that's the show. whole thing is that she's like, oh no, I'm thinking of time to eat. Where she's like, here's how you have to like actually put. Oh, no. I have seen Nadia bakes, but yeah. Nadia's time to eat. Oh, she's so. Brilliant. I mean, I get it though. Like, I love her. She's yeah. so cute. She has the best eyebrow makeup. She really does. She's just great. I love her, and I love how she feeds the crew at the end of the sh- of every episode. I it's mean, so cute. <laughs> she's so cute. Did you Wait, ever listen I... to the home cooking episode with her on it? No, 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 no. You that should. The, okay, I'll. To, that's that one that right podcast now. that I. Yes, the, you know, the you only love. podcast I ever listened to. She was on it, and she was so cute. And it's so cute because like they all like bond over having like Indian parents who don't think anything they do is good enough. <laughs> it's so cute. It's so funny. Oh my gosh, that's adorable. Um, by the way, speaking of shows, you watched Barb and Star, right? Yeah, it was so weird. <laughs> Did you watch it? I haven't watched it yet because now I'm scared because you're like, it's the okay. It was the weirdest thing. Okay, but here's why it was weird. I think if this I is had the new Kristen known, Wig movie. yes. So it's the same. It's Kristen Wiig and then the same co-writer she had with Bridesmaids. Yes. So I was like, high expectations. Gold. Yeah. And if you watched the trailer, it just looks very sort of like, oh, two like Midwestern, you know, middle-aged best friends go on vacation. Hilarity ensues. Yes. However, what it doesn't <laughs> say in the trailer, spoiler, is that. It's, yeah, I mean, spoiler, but this isn't, like, you're going to want this spoiler. You're going to want this. It's, like, airplane-style humor. Oh, or like my gosh, almost like, yes. Like, almost kind of, like, Mike Myers-style humor, where you're, like, yes. this is so weird. Okay. And, like, you know, or Mike Myers, or, like, um, uh, Mel Gibson, you know, like, yeah, it was, top it secret. felt... That's way not yeah, day. or like, yeah. or like um, you know, uh, come on, not Star Wars, but the Star Wars spoof that they did. What was it called? Come on, oh, Spaceballs. 
Spaceball. Oh my God. Spaceballs it's right there. The best. Was it Star? I was like, Space War? No. What is it? Spaceballs. Space Wars is a oh different movie. Oh my gosh. Spaceballs. It's like that type of humor where you're like, is am I laughing? But like, you weren't expecting this, it. You were like, you, I wish I knew. You have I wish no I knew. idea. Yeah. So had I gone into it knowing that it was going to be like really bizarre and like, you know, just like weird humor, you know, like at one point there's like a blue crab that's voiced by Morgan Freeman. Like, uh, gosh, what's her name? <laughs> There's a oh there's so many cameos yeah just like she's like Chris really like sitting on the beach and she's like blue crab what should I do and he's like well let me tell you and like goes on and on about life and didn't she like, and then, fall like, down a waterfall like you said something about yeah anyway. like um she like falls into the ocean and um oh gosh and I'm I can't remember anybody's name right now but she like there's, turns like, a, into something a famous country star who like is has a cameo as a mermaid and like saves them from drowning oh, like just all this and like at yeah. one point they have like a like an ecstasy trip like. <laughs> This and like Kristen Wiig also plays this like other like this villain who the whole premise of the movie is that she like hates this town in Florida and she wants to release these killer mosquitoes. Oh and my gosh, what? Like, so you have not no idea, not at all, none, zero. Killer so mosquitoes. it's so weird, and you don't have any idea going into it that it's gonna be weird. You just think it's gonna be the sort of like quirky comedy. Bridesmaids, so you know, had I known, yeah, right, had I been ready for like this super weird comedy i think i would have liked it but because i didn't know that that's what it was gonna be i the whole time i was just like what? what's going on what's going on yeah okay you heard it here first you've been warned yeah been warned. get high before you watch star and barb yeah seriously okay i did get high before i watched it and it still made no sense, <laughs> still made no sense. to be clear and actually that made it worse i think because i was like looking at brandon i was like are you seeing this or is that morgan freeman <laughs> <laughs> things you say when you're stoned watching a regular movie except yeah. it wasn't except it wasn't a regular yeah. movie and i didn't know that's so, <laughs> so freaking funny worse. that is so freaking funny not recommend all right guys do we want to do a few more questions yeah i have a good one when will you have jesse gubbins on <laughs> oh my gosh hi jesse jesse please come on our show let's just talk let's just talk about life in dubai every time i watch her stories if, if those of you who aren't familiar with jess she's our crossfit friend from like the first days of the podcast she came to colorado like i don't know the first year we were doing the podcast and we met her in real life at a bar she's just the best and she posts these amazing photos of her dog every day and the amazing meals she makes. She often posts her workouts with like the most precise details. She's very like organized and organizes her. She has color coded rainbow color kettlebells. Coded, yes, color coded rainbow kettlebells. Like her everything. shoes always match her outfit. Oh yeah. And her so everything gym. she does, I'm always like, you were like the grounding I needed in the pandemic. Every time she posts, I'm just like, you were my grounding person. And then I love seeing the weather every day because it's so hot in Dubai all the time. So just follow her. Her Instagram is at jessgub, G-U-B-B. She's, she's so the best. Cute. So Jesse, please come on our show. Except that talk. she's in Dubai, which is like oh, 11 yeah, hours right. ahead of us. Like it's the hardest <laughs> thing to schedule. I know it's so hard to organize. Do you remember when we talked to the um, Dubai fitness challenge guy? And he, yes. it was like four in the morning at yes. his house and he was such a good sport about it so good um one rumor that i want to quash squash right out the bat is somebody said something about like if we are taking distance from julie bauer no what we're not taking distance someone from asked julie. are you have you chosen to take some distance from paleo mg <laughs> no nope <laughs> we love julie i mean we love julie I we don't see like, anybody because it's a pandemic so we right, <laughs> we've been in a pandemic we haven't really we don't really you know, see anybody we're just hanging out not talking to you know i haven't really been like chatting with her lately but love her okay um let's do a few just quick random ones and then we will wrap it up sure what is your favorite time of day morning i love morning 
Bleh. I love the mornings. I am up and at them and starting the day. I'm like, I'm one of those annoying people, but I love, love the mornings. Love them so much. If you guys can see my face right now, I'm just <laughs> shaking my head in disgust. And I'm just like, I'm I just want like, to like oh. start. I want to make, I want to have like a six habits of highly effective non-morning people yeah every freaking linkedin headline that i see is like how to turn your productive morning into like like You're here's like, how you. these ceos spend their mornings yeah. and i'm like i wait i want to wake up at eight yeah yeah i mean i don't get to because i have small kids but like that's that would be my Not dream i want to wake up at eight has to wake up early i think that's silly too i would rather like my dream sleep schedule would be to go to bed between like 12 and 1 and wake up between like 7 30 and 8 30 i would love that yeah me and jess key we're just gonna chill go. at midnight together yeah Hi, Jess. Okay. Any uh, makeup or skincare products that you've been loving lately? Okay. So I am still a fan of the new wash, you guys. This is the Hair Story product that I tried a few months ago, and I was turned on to it by my naturopath. And I went to my hairdresser and I got my hair cut like, I don't know, maybe it was a month ago or so and got my hair done. And I told her she because here's the thing, like with Graves disease, my hair was getting kind of thin. And so I was getting really worried about it. Um, So I started using new wash so if you go to, I think it's hairstory.com. This, this is not an ad. I just really, really like the product. It's a little pricey, but you don't use any shampoo or conditioner. You just use this product on your hair and you can kind of like go through um, the week without like having to wash your hair. Anyway, just read up about, about it. If it fits for you, great. Um, I have no investment in it. <laughs> but I asked my hairdresser because she, last time I saw her, so this was like maybe two, three months after I saw her, like when I was first diagnosed with Graves' disease and I was like, you know, not doing well. And then the last time she was like, hey, your, your hair feels so soft. Like, what are you using? And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm using Hair Story. She goes, oh, I love that product. And so I got like the stamp of approval from her and she's been doing my hair for years. And I just like, I really, really value her opinion. And so when she gave me the stamp of approval, I was like, oh my gosh, I love Hair Story. And she's like, yeah, it's a great product. We would sell it in the salon, but they don't have like a great wholesale model. But she's like, yeah, I love it. I think it's a great product. So Hair Story... And then the other products that I've been loving is Dazzle Dry, you guys. It's a little pricey. Again, these are like a little more pricey products, but Dazzle Dry, I watched um, Fed and Fit Cassie use this for like years and years, and she always raved about it. And She's the cutest. Oh my gosh. Why is Cassie the cutest? Cutest human. She's up there with Oprah for me. She's just the cutest person. <laughs> she's like, oh my gosh. Someone please tag her in this episode and tell her that Joy thinks that she's like Oprah. She's just... The cutest, like most I know, genuine. She's so cute. Did most yes, genuine she is. human. She's a genuine human. I actually remember. I don't think there's a Julie, bad bone in her body. I remember talking to Julie about her once, and she was like, "The thing about Cassie is that she's actually even better in person." In person, I can believe that. Like she's like, probably even better in person. Yeah, just love her. Anyway, so um, I saw Dazzle Dry through Cassie years ago, and then I was like, in quarantine, I just really miss trying new products. And so one day I ordered it, and I love it. It's so it's a nail polish that stays on for a really long time. You you do have to follow the directions for it to stay on as long as they say it stays on. So it's this female-owned business in Arizona. I'm like all about the Arizona people. So I ordered it, and I've been doing my nails with Dazzle Dry. Those are your two favorite products right now. Try them out. All right. I don't have any new products. I don't need any new products. Brandon's sister was getting Curology, that like face stuff. And she left it here like a year ago. So I finally opened it, which, you know, like the expiration date only takes effect after you open it. Right. Yes, That's what I told right. myself. Yeah. So it was Once unopened. Once the lid is off. Once the yes, lid is right. off. right. Hence the icon. And I've been using it. And like, it's fine. You know, it's like supposed to be formulated for you. Oh. But I just use the face wash and the moisturizer. I'm like, it's fine. It's a face wash and a moisturizer. I don't know. Have you ever had your world rocked by a face, like a face wash or a moisturizer? I have not. I loved 
obsessed with the fat co oil cleanser oh, do you remember when yeah. i found that and i was like why didn't anyone tell you about oil cleanser yeah yeah why don't put, i just buy more of that you like, i don't know well, yeah 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 you just like put the oil and like it's so dry here yeah. but i simultaneously hate the feeling of moisturizer i hate it Ugh. i just See, like I can't have deal with oils thing. either like putting oils on my face i want something like soapy and sudsy well so you put the oil cleanser on but then you wash you you do wipe it off mm-hmm. so you don't just like well, let i know it sit but there like forever. i think any oily products I, I don't know why that weirds me out so i need like a soapy i really product. liked it yeah. yeah i need to go back to it and then when i got my hair cut whenever it was my stylist always makes me not makes me she influences me to buy the really expensive shampoo so i'm using this like who's the guy what's the spray that i told you about yeah oh my gosh paul no, not Paul Mitchell, not Kevin Murphy. Kevin Murphy. So it was like really, thank you for knowing that. Yep. I have this really expensive Kevin Murphy um, like salon shampoo and conditioner right now. I'm like, it's fine. It smells very nice, but yeah. like I'm not going to buy it again when I'm done with it. Yeah. I also kind of like cycle through dry shampoos every once in a while. I love still the Kristen S dry shampoo. Yeah. Kristen S dry shampoo. Right now I'm using a Garnier dry shampoo because the Stryker sisters had it on their Instagram. And they influenced me. Um, what is the sh- what is the product you said um, you can put in your hair after you work out? It's like a specific workout to workout to life, workout back to work. Is that no, the Kevin Murphy? It, wasn't, Mar- it wasn't like specifically oh. for working out. It's just that that's what I have. That's how I use it. Oh, I was getting it's all the excited. R&Co, I was like, oh, it's no, the R and Co. Okay, it's the R and Co. Parachute spray. Parachute spray. Okay, yeah, it. it like just gives your body. So like I, because you know, like when you're sweaty, you don't necessarily want to put dry shampoo on because then it just turns into like paste, paste in your hair, gross. Mm-hmm. So, but, so this is like a volumizing spray, like a texturizing volumizing spray. So it like kind of gives your hair lift so that you, it doesn't look like you just have like greasy hair plastered to your head, but it's not a dry shampoo. So it doesn't turn into like a paste if it's like, if you're, yeah. Okay, great. You heard it here first. Heard it here first. My only tip. That's my, my only beauty tip. You're just going to give us the same product for like the next five years. Yeah. That's kind of how I roll. I just (laughs) like find one thing that I like and I'm like, oh, but have you guys tried the Ned Hemp Chapstick yet? (laughs) Because it's still in here at Chapstick. Oh my gosh. All right. What else? We done? <laughs> we done yet? So, so, so ceremonial? Ceremonious? <laughs> uh, yeah. I think that's it. That was our last question. So, you can find us on Instagram at Joy and Claire underscore. You can find us on the internet. We are at joyandclaire.com. Not for long. I'm just kidding. We're going to go off <laughs> social media. You can always find us at joyandclaire.com. Yes. Uh, if you want to find us on Facebook for some reason, even though we haven't posted on Facebook in 100 years, you Please can find Please come say hi to us there. Maybe I'll, re- maybe I'll refresh it and put something up. No, we won't. Just email <laughs> us. At the end of the day, guys, just email us. This is joyandclaire at gmail.com. Subscribe. Like our podcast. Leave a review. Leave a review. Tell a friend know. about yes. us. Please spread the word. We're still doing spread it. Spread the word. We, we love you. We are still here. Yes. Every week. And we're loving it. We hope you're still loving it. <laughs> Just enjoy it. The CrossFit Open starts this week. Remember yeah. when that used to be oh my like gosh. our speaking major of, focus of our lives? Yeah. Speaking of, if you want to support one of our favorite sponsors, Double Under Wonder, you can order a jump rope through them and use the discount code JOY. They're so cute. You They're can, like, so get a little custom. It's so cute. And I love the business. So if you're doing the CrossFit Open, good luck. You can reminisce with us about when that used to like be our yeah. whole life. And please tag us in your workout so we can like vicariously live through you because i won't be doing anything like that this year i will be forced to do them because of my like, i mean not forced I'll, <laughs> be, I'll end up doing them because the gym i go to is doing it and they're like do, they do this big like intramural open which is super fun and i appreciate that they do that and also i did not sign up and you didn't succumb I'm to the like, guy being like claire sign no, up for the open like, connor i'm not gonna sign up but i now i'm feeling fomo connor stop She's not going to do it. out, Connor. But now I'm feeling FOMO because all like their posts and emails it are happens. like, all right, intramural. That's open. what like, happens. Oh, That's how it. they get you. 
The FOMO is real. FOMO is yeah. real. But we read it. Speaking of FOMO, <laughs> do you remember in 2016 when After Miles was born? That was the first year that they did that those open announcements where they had like a regular person also doing yes. that. Yes. And do you remember the very first workout? It was like lunges and Bob Harper judged it. Totally. And totally. I signed up at the end of that workout because I was like, if that girl can do it. I can do it. Yeah. We it, redid that workout last week and my bottom is still sore. Oh my gosh. My those butt lunges. cheeks feel. That was, a, I remember that one. That was so, so so bad. So I bad. do kind of miss the announcement excitement. I, I do say. too. It's I still really going to happen. Like they're still, yeah. they're doing the live announcements again. And I really hope I haven't, I don't think we follow Dave Castro on Instagram anymore, but we might need no. to follow him like, just the, the next, and the open this year is only three weeks long. Oh, really? Yeah. I I'm going to refollow him. him right I think now, I made a comment so that, that made can... him mad. And then, so I'm sure we're on their crap list, but whatever. Oh, whatever. <laughs> um, I, okay. Like for example, he already posted it. Uh oh. 21.1. It's like a wolf carcass head. Okay. Here it's like is a partially, that is shenanigans. Oh, Dave. A partially decomposed wolf skull. Mm hmm. Yeah. Is what that looks like. Okay. So I appreciate that deeply. Thank you Thank for you. giving the instant gratification that I needed of your like cryptic open clues. Yep. I love it. All right, guys. We'll talk to you next week. Have a good day. Bye. Bye. Bye.